Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV, over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! T-Bone, T-Bone Burnett, he's back, he's doing his thing, things that I can never do, but it's so so good, good. doesn't it? Yeah, it's so good. I love it, I've missed it so much. Um, Hi everybody, welcome to the After Buzz True Detective After Show, Uh, my name is Julia Carley, back here for season two, and I just made a new friend, we literally just met, ladies and gentlemen, this is Katie Wilbert. Hi, hello everyone, I'm Katie Wilbert. She will be joining us here for season two of True Detective. Um, missing in action, MIA today are our main men, the Joes, Joe Braswell, Joe Flippo. I'm actually sitting in Braswell's spot. It feels very Does strange. Does it feel nice <laughs> though, a little bit? Maybe. He's been Maybe. usurped. He's been usurped <laughs> for today at least. We'll all Just graciously give it back to him when, when we return next week. But um, yeah, they're not here today and they are missing out because this was quite an episode. Season yeah. two, episode one, True Detective, whole new cast of players, whole new story, whole new location. Um, Katie, my new bestie, my new bestie redhead. I know. Redheads unite. We didn't even know. Didn't even know. We might be related, maybe. Maybe. It's possible. We'll trace our genealogy later. (laughs) Tell me, what did you think about it? Um, I liked it. There was so much to stomach. Um, And yeah, because like you said, it's a new cast and it's an entirely new location and setup. Um, but I liked that it was, it's got this sort of film noir vibe to it, like modern day film noir, and it's less, um, I think dingy than the other season. I feel like the other right. season was more gritty and like dark, like really dark tones. Um, and I think it's an interesting turn that it's, 
it's not that this time around and we're dealing more with like um, rich gangsters and stuff and less in the like grits of losing. Well, remember we're only an episode one. I know. <laughs> there's so much room to I have a feeling there's quite a bit underneath those sleeves of yes. uh, <laughs> of these folks here at True Detective. Um, no, I totally agree with you. Um, I liked that sort of that neo-noir Los Angeles crime updated. You know, it, it was really cool, the music too, how it had like this sort of um, like beatnik beats going, yeah. but then it would it would transition into this total 1920s 30s 40s film noir yeah. sort of from uh, sort of music like that yeah which I thought was a really cool way to I bridge it out there and I think I noticed that particular kind of music that you're talking about in scenes that were really um, resonant with me that were similar to film noir type stuff mm-hmm. I mean I don't know if I want to say the moments that I'm thinking about or if we want to just dive into it or I think we will I think we'll dive in okay um I totally dug it, personally. Yeah. It it was hard for me at first. I had to watch this a couple of times. So the first time I had these crazy high expectations, right? Because I was such a huge, like, diehard crazy huge fan of season one. Yeah. But then I kind of realized that that's not really fair, right? Like, I need yeah. to absolutely not... I had to not compare and contrast the two because it, this is an anthology series. So we do have two very different stories. Um I feel deep down, just between you and me, and <laughs> hopefully millions I of people listening. I won't tell anyone except for um, all of our listeners. I, except for all of them. So <laughs> this is our secret, folks. I feel like it was a little overcrowded. Yeah, in characters sure. right off the bat. Again, and I, I feel so bad. I mean, I'm going to get reamed for this because I will draw a similarity. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline between this and last season but I was so invested right off the bat with um, with Rust Cole and Marty Hart last season and this season I, I just feel like it's a little bit all over the place but like I yeah. said it's only episode one and I'm totally into it um, but I also think I feel like I, I, I miss Louisiana I miss, yeah. I miss the foreignness of Louisiana that makes sense it's Different, like, I'm from California, so it is less, um, like you're being pulled into another world when it's someplace that you recognize. Like, all of the scenes and stuff, even if it's saying it's in Vinci, like, I'm like, oh, those are the Los An- or the Long Beach, um, I was about to call them funnels, but that's not what they are. Um, I don't think. the but we industrial, could call it if you like. Industrial. Industrial what, Katie? Now I'm going to call them tubes where smoke <laughs> comes out of. The factories. Thank you. We'll go with that. Oh, my gosh. Um, I will say something that really disturbed me personally. Where, I mean, no, I mean, I guess this is a spoiler alert, but if you're listening to this, you probably, probably saw the, the show. So if you didn't, don't listen to this part. But where they found Casper's body, Point Magoo, mm-hmm. that's my beach growing up. See? Like Ventura yeah. County, that's my home. So I feel like there's this really weird connection. <laughs> I get disturbing. it. Disturbing. 
Yeah. The next time I visit my parents and my mom says, hey, you want to go to the beach? I'm going to be like, not that beach. Not that one, because there might be a Weekend at Bernie's thing happening. <laughs> it's totally right? Weekend at Bernie's. Like, the dead body was so Weekend at Bernie's. Yes. I laughed when I first saw it, and that's not the reaction you should have when you see a dead body. But... Not just like a nervous laugh, or like a... <laughs> well, I think I live my life so much in the comedy world often that when I do watch dramas, it's hard for me not to take certain things there to be like so funny like when Paul's character one of our new characters in this season when he's riding on his motorcycle like his cheeks are flapping <laughs> and it's so serious he's going so fast and he's in this like dark moment and I'm just looking at his cheeks flapping like bro hey Katie you know I'm a firm believer that you have to find comedy in even the darkest of moments thank you I think you have to well especially cheeks with cheeks flapping definitely a true detective it's so dark it is so dark I have to find those moments otherwise I'm like ow my soul <laughs> A little bit. So I think, you know, we, Katie and I were talking about how we wanted to sort of talk about this, and we couldn't really come up with a perfect answer, but what I'm thinking is that we only know what we know, so let's kind of dissect this by, maybe by character. Let's mm-hmm. start that way, because that's all we know so far. We don't have too much of a timeline. We we know these people. We're getting to know these yeah. people in connection with this crime. So, who do you want to start out with? Do you want to start out with Ray? Ray. Ve- Ray Velcoro. Velcoro. Played by the ridiculously amazing Colin Farrell. He's so good. Even with that mustache, he still it's looks like good. It's like upsetting that he's so good, but like in the best way. Yeah. Do you All know right, what I'm I mean? I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. What did you think about that character? Um, I think from the top him sitting in the car with his son. I mean, I think if you're going to investigate the character of any father, what a way to do it with him letting his son go to school, learning that he's a divorcee, um, and then immediately after that, learning that his wife was raped and that his son may or may not actually be his, but could also be a rape baby. That's a terrible way to describe that. <laughs> and I realized that upon saying it. Um, but I'm just going to roll hey, with it for the moment. We're dealing with the truth. Yeah, and acknowledge what I've said. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's such that's so much heaviness to learn about sure. a character right from the get go, and then to see. Yeah, he's kind of a drunk. And so I feel like he's the only one thus far, episode one, bear with us, um, the only one thus far where we're getting like a true understanding of his motivations as as a person, as a character. Um, so we, we the, the show opens with him, right? Mm-hmm. Talking with his lawyer about a custody battle. Yeah. Um, uh, like you mentioned, um, the lawyer asks about his wife. They were trying to have children. Um, and then she was brutally raped and beaten. And then nine months later, they have a baby. Yeah. No paternity test was ever done. Um, but he claims a child as his own. Doesn't even care. Yeah. It's his kid. They spent two months together, he uh, reveals as well. Yeah. Where is she up and left? Yeah. Um, but now apparently she's back with a new boyfriend or husband. I'm not really sure. What was his name? Oh. Richard? Probably was Richard. I feel like the stepfather is I feel is like when Richard. I don't know someone's name, I always call them Richard or Linda. I think that's great. I go Sometimes with John and Kathy. Sally, like the most generic. <laughs> Sometimes I throw in a Kathy if I'm feeling crazy. I love it. <laughs> Um, anyway, so then he bribes the lawyer mm-hmm. um, with that cool line, what, you like to pay taxes? 
it's like a wad of cash too. Just like oh yeah, many wads of cash. No briefcase. Just like here, take your money, lawyer lady. Lawyer lady. <laughs> uh, and then we jump to him uh, in the car with his son. His son obviously is having a very rough time. He's he's bullied. He's depressed. He doesn't want to be in school anymore. And he says, what does he say to him? Something along the lines of keep your head up. Yeah, he keeps saying not weird stuff, but just like. Be proud, son. Yeah. Like, be brave. Be proud, be brave. I Head love up. you. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And, I mean, he's a sweet little f- fat ginger boy. I know. So he's getting bullied. Do you feel like when he said, head up, be brave, or, or I'm paraphrasing, obviously, um, that he was sort of speaking to his son and, and a little bit for himself? I think so. I think deep down from his fatherhood, he's yeah. going like, I love you, son. Be brave. Like, I'm going to be brave. Like, I'm telling myself to be brave. Like, I need to be myself. proud of me. But you too, you go and try not be bullied today. It was a little heartbreaking. It's sad. Yeah. That poor, poor little kid. Boy. Little Chad. They d- That's my dad's name. Those kids. Oh, hi, Chad. Hi, hi Chad. Chad, wherever you are. Hi, Daddy. Um, I'm Quite Beach with dead bodies. <laughs> that's where Dad is. Yeah, that's. Be safe wherever you are. <laughs> Watch your eyeballs. <laughs> oh, that was bad. Oh. Um,. But yeah, I I think it was a very mean girls kind of moment when his um, ginger son gets out and is walking by and they're like, nice sweatshirt. Like, no, really nice sweatshirt. Oh, my God, your shoes match your hair. I was like, do I feel like do boys really bully verbally so much? Well, it's an epidemic in in this uh in, in this nation of ours. I'm surprised I mean, they weren't text bullying. They probably like were. Text on the screen. They probably were. Probably that do. little Aspen kid's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But, was, you know, he he got a lesson. He did. With brass knuckles. With br- well, his dad got a big, fat lesson with brass knuckles. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that scene? That was kind of a shocker. Yeah. Um... So, as we were mentioning, like, one of his son is getting bullied by this kid, Aspen, and Ray shows up to get the kid a talking to. And then when the dad goes to retrieve um, Aspen, you see Ray put on the brass knuckles and just beat the crap out of Aspen's dad while holding Aspen, like, not letting the kid go and is just like this is what, like your father's doing this for you you better learn from this just beats the crap out of his face it was awful kicks him in the gut it was hard to watch yeah it really was and the way he spoke to aspen even though mm-hmm. aspen's a dick yeah. still he's 12 years old i think it's really interesting to see someone who's so um loving and compassionate to his son to then turn around and go beat the crap out of a couple people in this episode, like there's well, we saw two different sides to his style of parenting, right? So we see yeah. that we see in that first scene in the car, which presumably was two weeks before, because of the camping trip. I do math. <laughs> um, two weeks before, uh, you know, he's compassionate, he's loving. Hold your head up, be proud. Your new kicks, how are those? And then he seems to sort of lose time a little bit, and we'll, we'll backtrack and talk about what happened in the interim, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we see a complete flip side of his parenting styles, if that's what we want to call them. Because yeah. we were sort of built up, I feel like, to to think like he was a poor divorcee, a father, loved his son, and then all of a sudden he is he is raging. Yeah, there's some darkness there. Yes. For sure. Yes. And mm-hmm. he humiliates his son and he he terrorizes his son. He's a worse bully than Aspen ever could have possibly been. But then he turns around it's all to defend him. Yeah. He's also on a lot of drugs. Yeah. 
So much uh, drug abuse. So much. Happening. Yes. Um, but back to, to, to our guy, Ray. We do get, like, a little backstory about him. Not only that his poor wife was brutally raped and, and beaten, but we find out his connection to Vince Vaughn's character, which is Frank Semyon. Mm-hmm. Semyon. Semyon? You'll tell me. I know you will. <laughs> You'll tell me, Internet. I think it's Semyon. Oh, they'll let you know. They'll let, they always do. <laughs> they always do. Um, so we find out when that little flashback, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He obviously went to Frank, and Frank um, tried to seek out the, figure out who raped his wife. Um, seems like Frank took the guy that they thought was the rapist out. Or they just found him and we're going to beat the crap out of him. I'm not sure. I understood it, doesn't it that they just say. found him, gave him the information to do with as he pleased. Okay. Yeah. They left it open-ended. That's, that's my... So I wasn't sure. Um, and then, of course, they open up the... Um, they open it up to where it's like Frank says, you don't owe me anything at this point, but, like, I'll call you. So at some point we know maybe that... Maybe we'll talk, maybe we won't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's basically setting it up so that we, the audience, know that at some point um, Ray owes Frank a favor. And I think that's a great way to blend these two characters together. Um, and eventually every single one of them are tied together through this guy named Casper that we learned about. Of course. And he was so genuine, Vince Vaughn, in that scene, in that flashback scene. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's not going to call on you, Colin Farrell. Like, you're cool, man. He was just doing a favor. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm also very naive, apparently, when it comes to monsters. Well, I think they're setting up a really interesting character for Vince Vaughn. I think, first of all, it's really nice to see him in a drama again. And he, yeah. it reminds me how good he is at it. And I actually think it makes him a better actor in the sense that when we see him in comedies, he's so Vince Vaughn. And he his rhythm is the same in the way he speaks in every movie that he does a comedy in. And I think it's really nice to see him as something completely different. Even, like, his voice is softer. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what an interesting character to create for a mobster because he's not just evil or out for money. Like, you see he's actually a person who cares and asks, you know, personal questions and... At least it's what it's made to seem like. And I think it's a much deeper, richer character to develop someone who has, you know, empathy and kindness than someone who's just, like, smoking in the dark. Like He's like a mobster with a heart of gold. Exactly. But I feel like something's bubbling underneath. We saw a little, Mm -hmm. not a little, little acting out, (laughs) perhaps, when his man Casper didn't show up and he threw the glass. Casper, man. Casper. You know the thing about Casper? There's something interesting about Casper. Tell um, me, Katie. I would love to. <laughs> Actually, Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. We are sponsored by Casper. The mattress industry has inherently forced customers into paying notoriously high markups. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing that savings directly onto the customer. A Casper mask mattress provides resilience and long-lasting support and Casper's mattresses are one of a kind. A new hybrid mattress that combines premium latex foam with memory foam. That sounds delightful. Doesn't it? Um, The mattresses can 
Mattresses in general can often cost well over $1,500, but Casper mattresses cost between $500 for a twin size mattress or $600 for an extra large twin, $750 for a full size, $850 for a queen size, and $950 for a king size mattress. But Casper understands that buying a mattress online can have consumers wondering whether or not it's possible. But buying a Casper mattress is completely risk free. Casper offers free delivery and returns with a 100-day period. Ooh, it's that's a lot of sleeps. That simple. It's so many. It's, that's a lot of it's sleeps. It's a lot of sleeps. Um, statistically speaking, lying on a bed for four minutes in a showroom has no correlation to whether or not it's the right bed for you. And that's why Casper has turned the buying process into a risk-free experience. Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress in, you know, reality. Um, and you're going to spend about a third of your life on whatever mattress you buy. It's an obsessively engineered mattress at a obsessively, obsessively engineered mattress. I want to sleep on it. <laughs> At a shockingly fair price. Just the right sink, just the right bounce. It's got two technologies, as we mentioned, latex foam and memory foam, that come together for better nights and brighter days. Get a risk-free trial and return policy. Try sleeping on a Casper for 100 days with free delivery and painless returns. Plus, it's a mattress made in America that only costs 500 for a twin-size mattress and 950 for a king-size, which is super affordable. Um, and we're offering to everyone that is an AfterBuzz fan a special $50 discount using our promo code. All you have to do is go to www.casper.com Slash after buzz, and then the box office breakdown. Wait, after buzz for after buzz box for box office. So if breakdown, you're listening to us, use after buzz. Movie pleasures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not go. listening. You're listening to us on after Great. buzz. Thank you. Use that. Um, once again, this is a fifty dollars discount just for you and only you if you use our after buzz promo code at www.casper.com slash after buzz. Tweet us and let us know if you get one and if it's totally rocking your world. Because I need a new mattress, so you be my test dummies, please. Okay. Sorry, we heard the name Casper and we just had to let you we know had to talk about, about this super exciting promo. Well done, Katie. Thank you. Or shall I call you Mrs. Casper? You could if you want to do. No, maybe. We'll think about it. Would that make me a widow now, though? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, back to... <laughs> back to our other characters. Back to the case There's so hand. many. There's so um, many people. Who should we go with next? What about Antigone? Let's learn about her. We'll call her Annie for short. Let's do that, because Antigone is a long name. That is a long name, mm-hmm. but I think it's a very purposeful name. I think so, too. The Greek tragedy. The Greek tragedy. Antigone, as we know from, you know, English in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antigone, she was one of the two sisters of the two brothers on opposite sides of the Civil War. Uh, she was buried alive in a cave. And then before she was rescued, she hanged herself. And she was all about familial duty. And Yeah, she and really just wanted family. to give her brother a proper burial. And yeah. they were like, no, you can't. And she's like, I abide by God's laws, not man's laws. Yeah. And then she dug her eyes out with a brooch. Yeah, there's mm. there's that connection. There's that you know? connection. People people losing eyeballs. Mm. Thank you for that. <laughs> for real though. Ouch. I feel like I should wear glasses, protective goggles. Yeah though. Um so this is a, this is an interesting new I mean they're all new characters, I'm calling them all new, but this is an interesting character in relation to season one because um they got a little bit of backlash last season for their lack of female characters. Um okay. So now we have Rachel McAdam as Antigone Bezer- Bezerides. Be- 
Bezeride? Bezerides? Bezerides. Bezerides. Tell me, Internet. I know you well. We're so good with <laughs> pronunci- pronunciation. What, what? Yeah, we are really good at wow. it. Wow. But I can That's say Antigone. And I can say Annie. Um, so, so she's definitely, she's yet another dark, brooding, mm-hmm. uh, wounded character. Yeah. I think that's the theme with this show as a whole, both season one and season two. Sure. I think it's interesting, though, that um, given the backlash they had from season one, and I think part of it, too, was like not having strong female characters. And I feel like in response, they went like, how's this for a strong female character? She's a lady cop who doesn't like men. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, she has daddy issues. It kind of feels a little like, and I'm sure that was not the thought process, but it feels a little on the nose as far as like, we really want a strong female character. Okay, how about a lady cop? Like, it mm-hmm. is a show about detectives, granted, and I understand that, but I think there's a little bit of that, too, where I'm like, I hope that she's a bit more three-dimensional than just a lady cop who doesn't like men because she's had failed relationships because I, I feel like I've seen that character before um, but she's such an amazing actress I'm sure there will be so many colors to the character and again it's only episode one and we only get little snippets of each because they've crammed so many characters into the intro absolutely I completely agree with you with what you're saying with the the nuance of the character I sort of felt the same way about uh, about Ray's character too, you know, yeah. the dirty cop who drinks a lot, does drugs. Like it feels a little obvious and a little mm-hmm. bit obtuse, but I have nothing but faith that Nick Pizzolatto will write them yeah. much more, uh, much more in depth. But you know, upon first viewing, you're like, all right, I get it. Yeah. Um, so what did we learn about her? We learned her hmm. sister is into amateur porn. Yeah. Hey. That was really interesting, and the way they led into that, her, like, busting in, I mean, I wasn't expecting to find out that her youngest sister, like, younger, oh, I don't or know just about that. singular we'll sister, but sister. I feel like she's younger, um, she, yeah, was in a, well, legally, I mean, yeah, they're doing it legally with, with a it. permit, um, but all adults here. doing uh, porn on, like, a web, yeah, web like, here people subscribe and watch these women do things. I guess it's like themselves. how you subscribe to us here at AfterBuzz. The only difference is we're it, not naked. Yeah. Yet. No. We're not going to get naked. False. <laughs> um, so do you think that she was misusing the police's resources that she knew her sister was there? I got that impression that yes. she knew her sister was there. She put this whole bus together even though the whole thing was completely completely legit but she used the police funds, the LA, or I guess it's Ventura County, uh, yeah. police funds to, to sponsor this entire shakedown mm-hmm. to no avail. Just to get to her sister. Yeah. I definitely thought that, which I kind of liked. I kind of yeah. liked that she's so um, intense and familial. I And I think now that we've talked about it, there's so much that she does have in common with Antigone, the Greek. Mm-hmm. The Greek Antigone. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, and her dad is a guru? Her dad is like this, uh, like, this, this like shaman, like spiritual leader of. Uh, okay, I'm gonna try it. Panticipaeum. Yeah, Panticipaeum. I, I think I got that one. The Panticipaeum Institute. The Panticipaeum Institute. And isn't Panticipaeum wasn't that an ancient Greek city? Right. Um, I feel like it was. Tell it, me, internet. It sounds like a combination of Mesopotamia and <laughs> the Pantheon. 
So we have some Greek things going on yeah. here. So we have Pantisipium. Mm-hmm. We have Antigone. We have an Athena. So I think before oh. next week, I'll brush up a little. Because she is a Greek goddess. Oh, of course. Of what? Oh, um, Athena is the Greek goddess of wisdom. Wisdom. Yeah. Nice work. Um, so I'm going to brush up on my Greek before next before next episode, I think. <laughs> Apparently we need to. Apparently we need to. It's been a long while. Um, we also learned about her that um, her mother killed herself. Yeah. Her mother was, I'm guessing, a failed actress, which yeah. I think will have interesting ties since we are in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and actresses are abounding. Yeah. Well, and it feels like it's fitting with, again, this sort of noir undertone that they've got going yeah, absolutely. It's very, yeah, California noir. I'm like waiting for some kind of Lana Del Rey esque. <laughs> I thought you were going to do an song. impression. I was waiting for it. I can't. You got something for us? <laughs> My no. Lana Del Rey? Yeah. Oh, it's so great. What what's that song she sings? Summertime sadness. Yeah, I'm feeling electric tonight. Oh, that's down the coast, going about ninety nine. She sings so deep; it's so ridiculous. Anyway, it was amazing. I feel like Lana Del Rey has this neo noir thing going on, and I feel like she's the sole sister to this show. It would not make sense for her to ever sing on it. I'm just saying, I feel like there is a similarity. Why not? I get that. Thank I you. I get that totally. So, uh, Antigone, she has a dead mom, failed actress mom. She has a weird guru, shaman, culty dad, mm-hmm. hippie dad. Yeah. She has a failed marriage under her belt. Mm-hmm. Speaking of her belt, was that like a stabby, knifey thing that she, was her belt buckle? It looked like it. I was trying to figure that out. Yeah. Girl is packing a lot of weapons, All y'all. over the place. She is prepared at mm-hmm. all times. And she has, uh, she's had a string of failed, you know, little relationships and, um, and she's really mad at dudes. Yeah. <laughs> she does not like men. We're assuming this is because of her daddy issues and, you know, she's always looking for something that she yeah. never got from her father. And she's obviously very, uh, you know, she's she's dwelling on that in her life. Yeah, well, I mean, it's weird that she goes to her dad to be like, hey, did you hear your youngest daughter? I'm just going to say she's the youngest. Okay. Um, is doing porn. And he's like, well, I mean, what is porn? Free love, I baby. feel like he's the caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland who's like, <laughs> who are you? And she's like, I don't freaking know anymore. You're my dad. Help me out. Yeah. She is like, why aren't you helping your daughter? Walks away. And he's like, I just did. I just like, did. I feel I like he's that. so full of BS in that he's helping other people find happiness but isn't actually fathering his own children. But do you think he called her out a little bit when he said things like about her state of resistance, making up problems for yourself, or a false sense of, sense of entitlement that you never received? Oh, yeah, I definitely think so. I think he's even going like, sure, like maybe I'm to blame for some of this, but also at some point you have to realize that you are making your life how, like you're creating your existence. Sure. Like I maybe could have done some stuff that screwed you up a little bit, but at the same so time, take like, a little responsibility. Yeah, like do you even like your job, or is it just that you like the drama of mm-hmm. it? Like, and you like sticking it to the man. She's also so righteous. And then she has she. I mean, as we saw in, uh, at the casino, she's getting drunk and she's gambling. She mm-hmm. gets kicked out. She's you know flipping off the security guards. I mean, yeah. She obviously has some deep rooted demons of her own that mm-hmm. I look forward to uncovering. Yeah, me too. Also, in her very opening scene, okay, this might be a little risque, but still, her very opening scene yeah. with that dude, he's like, "I didn't know you were into that. Do you like that sort of thing?" She says, "Sometimes." 
I wonder what. It sounds like they're talking about her bum. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, like I'm straight up going to bring it up. It sounds like he was like, oh, I didn't realize. Or maybe you like choking. To... Could have been. That's a thing. Apparently, it's, a, it's something. A step something up a from little what like would be a, like a girl. Normal. Yeah. Want to talk about it first? Yeah. Should we? Should we have a safe word first? She was all shitty about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I walked into that one. All right, so I'm excited to see what what uh, what comes of our good Antigone Bezeride. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but I love Rachel McAdams. She looks gorgeous as always, yeah. even though she's looking badass with that cool haircut. She's still she's so cool. She is so cool. Yeah, and I really love her development of characters. And I have uh, I have the utmost. Uh, Respect for her. Me too. And, uh, respect. I just she did a better. peace sign, but I <laughs> meant respect. But she better deliver, damn it. Oh, she because will. Because I'm counting on her. Because she's she's the girl. Yeah. She's I know. the girl. She's got to carry it. But we have another guy. We got another another guy cop. This guy, though. This guy. Paul. Paul Woodrow. Played by Taylor Kitsch. Hello. You like that? What? <laughs> him, his name, everything about him. Yeah. So that's that your jam. Anyways, all right. It's fine. Can you talk about him? Are no. you capable? No. Okay. I literally just went red. It's fine. Okay. So I'll start. Yeah, you I'll go let for you it. Compose yourself. <laughs> um, Taylor Kitsch is playing uh, Paul Woodrow. So we see him first. He's a highway patrol man on a motorcycle. I'm sure you like that too. I do. Okay. All about motorcycles. Um, <laughs> Seriously, my dad races motorcycles. Oh, like cool. my whole family is like a racing family. Oh, he's like right up your alley. Yeah, so I'm like, hello, Taylor, get on your motorcycle. All right. That's fine. That's your man. Keep okay. Anyway. So he's a he's a highway patrolman. He uh, uh, he's on patrol on PCH. It looks like on on Highway One. Um, crazy red convertible. Of course, it's a red of convertible. Course, right? Of course, <laughs> we're such girls. We're like, of course, it's a hot blonde and a red convertible. Us redheads talking about that. Uh, she recklessly pulls out into traffic. She's all over the place. He pulls her over, um, and she solicits him because she has that big ankle thing, ankle uh-huh. monitor. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, she's been in trouble many, many times. She's not allowed to leave the house. She's obviously on something. Yeah. Lord knows what, but she's on something, and uh, she propositions him you know like yep. i can't get in trouble again but uh if you, you want to come back to my house escort me home yeah that's my impression <laughs> i mean that's essentially what <laughs> happened and then but he is so stone-faced about the whole thing we're sort of left to wonder did he do it did he not do it did he do it did he not do it which what do you what do you think i don't know because this guy um He's very curious to me. I feel like I think that I've pegged him. I mean, I guess I'm someone who likes to jump to conclusions about characters and be like, oh, I know what kind of character you are. I feel like I do not know. Um, I feel like the moment where his girlfriend in this uh, episode was like saying that she wanted to sleep with him, like he goes and takes a blue pill, which I'm assuming was Viagra. That's what I'm some kind of blue pill. So penis upper. I think so. And did you see him when he came out of the shower? Yeah, I did. I did see it. I noticed. Um, But when she, when it looks like she's starting to do her business on him, he doesn't look like he's necessarily. In, like, he's got this pained, far-off, distant look in his eyes, and that leads me to feel like this is not a man who is just, like, walking around wanting sexual favors. Like, if anything, it seemed like it was a whole thing for him to want to have sex with his girlfriend. So I thought that, too. 
until just now when we're sort of talking through it, which is why yeah. we do the show is to talk through it. Um, so I thought the same thing. Like he needs to be medicated in order to literally get it up yeah. and, and get it, get the job done. But we also learn about him that he's this crazy adrenaline junkie. Yeah. So maybe the adrenaline of doing something that bad and, and accepting the offer, um, from this girl, uh, in order oh. to get her out of a ticket and, and, you know, doing something so wrong and so bad and so dangerous to the things that he holds dear that maybe that's what got it up for him. That's interesting. Like, like going to have sex with his girlfriend wouldn't do it for him, Doesn't so he has it. to take a pill, but he could have for the blonde because he knows it's something he shouldn't be doing. Exactly. And he gets off on that. That's interesting. I could I be wonder. very wrong, too. I don't I'm know. I'm wrong all I the time. <laughs> Not all the time. Don't tell the boys I said that's that. That's really interesting. I'm I'm fascinated by this character. I think they give you so little to know about him, and he is very still in most of sure. what he's doing in his face. So you're like, who are you? But they Where did, did you come from? give us some fun little nuggets, mm-hmm. right? When he's talking to his commander. Yes. I don't know what that's called. <laughs> his, his commander. We'll call him his commander. His boss. His his higher upper. Like, I don't know. Um, so they threw in little nuggets there. Like, um, you know, they were talking about that she was an actress. And now the tabloids are on that mercenary work. Mm-hmm. So we all know he's a soldier. So maybe yeah. he was a soldier that was hired for a foreign army. Um, he talks about bl- the Black Mountain work. Yeah. Which is, I don't know what that is. I have no idea. But I'm assuming that's some sort of operation. Yeah. And, um... And then he leaves saying that we were, what does he say? We were working for America, sir. So I'm not even going to pretend to know what's happening here, but obviously he has a past. He's covered in scars. He's done mercenary work. We have a Black Mountain sort of operation. He was working for America. Maybe things went awry, um, which is maybe why he's so haunted and so sort of like... He's kind of dead inside a little bit, de- right? Well, yeah, he seems... They all are, I guess. And I guess that's why my original consensus with him was like, he has to take things to be able to exist or, like, find pleasure in moments that people would normally easily find joy and pleasure in. And I think, like, even the moment when his girlfriend and him are, like, cuddling in bed and she's asking about his scars, he's like, no, I got that before the wars or whatever he mm-hmm. did in the military. And then it's like she goes to touch it and he flinches out of it and it's like, oh, i got to go do something, anything. She's like, why Why won't you ever stay the night? And he's like, I don't got to explain my business to you. I'm going to go on a motorcycle ride. That's my terrible impression of what's happening. But you happening love him his, so like, much. I thought you would, you would have practiced this so much more. No, I just can't do it justice. But That's I feel right. like it's only episode one. <laughs> I feel like it's his way of showing. Yeah, he like won't allow himself to have intimacy with a person. Like he won't let someone in. It's like it's like he's not present. Yeah. He's not in his body. Yeah, he's just sort of Except for when someone vacant. touches a part of him that's been injured, and mm-hmm. it's like he goes back to Absolutely. this dark place that he's like, cool, I'm going to go for a motorcycle ride and maybe almost kill myself. Sure. It's like he's dead inside. But, you know, they all all these cops are kind of dead inside, and they're all damaged. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was doing a little research on this. I don't remember what was, uh, one of these websites. It was EW. Um, it, it was talking about the title of this episode, which is the Western Book of the Dead, which mm-hmm. is it's definitely uh, riffing off of the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Sure. So, um, you know, these guys are all dead inside, and now they're navigating their way through their That's own afterlife, as well as the navigation of our guy Casper. You want to talk about mattresses? No. Uh, <laughs> I, I Casper. Casper is an online retailer. Premium. 
Uh, and his journey, his his journey of his afterlife, his weekend of Bernie's journey on the oh my beach. Gosh. Okay, I do actually want to talk about Casper for a second. Okay. Um, because I obviously didn't know who the old man in the sunglasses was in the car when we first see him. We're not aware this man is Casper. Mm-hmm. And then as Frank continues to reference this man, Casper, who's supposed to be here to do this business still with him in this, like, Russian man, Oz... 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 As we go through our notes. Great. Uh, Oz something. Keep Oz going. Oh, we'll, we'll call it's him like, O for now. Ossip. There, I was so close. You were. Um, Ossip. Uh, he keeps referencing this guy, Casper, being like, curse you, Casper, for not being here. And by the second time we see this old man in this car, we're going, oh my gosh, that's Casper, right? Or at least that was my reaction. But when I first saw the old man in the car with sunglasses, they showed some weird, like, I thought it was an owl with a crystal on it. Apparently, in doing my research, it looks to be a mask or something. But again, oh, I thought is, it was a stuffed crow or stuffed raven. Well, that's what I thought. I guess I keep going back, and I'm going to say it's going to sound like beating a dead horse, but this film noir theme, because I was like, of course they've got a guy sitting next to a bird. It's like so Maltese Falcon. Mm-hmm. Classic film noir reference. Indeed. But that was my immediate, immediate thought, and I thought, okay. Okay, of course this guy's important. He's sitting next to a crystallized bird of some kind. Hmm. I don't know. His house was messed up. Well, he's some sort of sexual deviant city manager now, All isn't these he? People just have deep, weird, twisty secrets. Do a about lot of them. people have houses like that? I don't have dick statues. I don't have dick statues either. <laughs> But we could invest in some to be more interesting. No I feel either. like if someone breaks into my house, they're going to find like flowers and like I have positive messages all over like <laughs> pillows and walls. It's like you can do anything if you just believe like my soul oh is my okay. God, you walk into my house and it's like I'm trying to inspire everyone who walks through the door. Like my mailman, I'm like, have a good day. Do you want some lemonade? Like you're not going to find anything interesting, but it would be really confusing if you walked into a house like that and then in my room. Room in a corner, you see a dick statue. <laughs> I could afford to be way more interesting than I actually am at this current well, moment. At least you don't have to worry about anyone burning out your eyeballs with acid. So hey, knock there on wood. is that. That's a positive affirmation for you, right there. I'm not going to go steal some kind of bird mask because no. apparently that leads to acid eyeballs. <laughs> it does. <laughs> you are freaking hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> So we don't really learn all that much about Casper. Um, I mean, except that he is a sexual deviant and he's into yeah. some freaky stuff. He has lots of properties. We do learn uh, one little connection I made. Uh, there's no like actual arc there, but two things that sounded similar in regard to Casper was that his assistant or secretary, whatever she was, was saying that um, he was making a lot of trips up to Sonoma and to mm-hmm. the Russian River. To Monterey and to the uh, and to the Russian River Valley, yeah, uh, which is all in Northern California. You're a NorCal That's girl. That's where I hail from. I went to school in Northern California. Did you? So I did. And then um, when uh, Antigone is looking for Vera and she's um, talking to the maids at Pantisipayum, they say they're not sure where she went, but she was working a club circuit in Sonoma. Right. So now we're in the same sort of general NorCal area. Mm-hmm. And the big business deal that's going on is a high-speed railway through Central California into NorCal, right? Correct. 
I'm not sure where it I ends. Think. Do you know where it ends? Um, I don't know. I don't. Somewhere. Anyways, those were two things that sort of was like, bing, Russian River, bing, Sonoma. Yeah. All sort of the same area. Something's going to be happening up in Northern California. Mm-hmm. Something with that railway. Yeah. He said it was Proposition 1, $68 billion. $68 billion. Yeah, and all the costs would and be there would fronted be or something like that. Yeah. Which means there would be a surplus of Cost money coverage? from the feds. Yes. So maybe I, I, I did not I thought, go to business school. I thought so. that was leading towards the perfect time to open up a casino. What? <laughs> no? Really? Where? Yeah. If there's like a surplus of money to then like open up a casino somewhere oh. where, where you could legally open up a casino. Okay. I don't know. I have no idea. Business. Economics. Yeah. Not... <laughs> theater major folks <laughs> that was my guess. i mean i guess they showed a casino at one point and my brain went like oh i wonder if he's gonna try and purchase a casino and then they were talking about all these um coverages by the federal government and i thought like oh well that would be a good time to invest in property and a casino if the government just like has all this surplus of money was that vinci gardens casino was that frank Semyon's casino because he seemed to be conducting all his it business there appeared like that I don't know. So I was under the impression, again, you'll tell me, Internet. Yeah, Internet. Um, help us. Yeah, help us. We just watched it. Um, well, last night. Um, I was under the impression that that's... So, so Vince Vaughn's character, Frank Simeon, is something of a mobster, right? And yeah. when we meet him years ago with the, the fresh baby face Colin Farrell's character, Ray Velcoro... Um, I don't know. I've I've watched Casino many times. I watched those gangster movies. Yeah, they invest their money in something like that, right? Yeah, they're they're dirty blood money. Exactly. Right. Where's Joe Sanfilippo when we need him? He knows well, about this stuff. I mean, yeah. If you're <laughs> going to be a mobster, like own a casino. Own a casino. Absolutely. Right. That's a perfect front. Well, and, then and I feel like certain... he gathered all these investors to to invest in this this huge high speed well, railway. Well, maybe not. The railway the railway is already happening. Is yeah. That's what's confusing for me. I guess I didn't understand what exactly they were investing in, just that it was the right time because Prop 1 One was passed. creating this railway. And so okay. my thought was like, oh, maybe they'll invest in another casino. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's something Tell I us. should look into. If you have the answer, let us know. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, tune into us on YouTube and on iTunes and, you yeah. know, tweet at SoundCloud. us. And, yeah, it's all of the above. Thing. Any tell, social us, media tell us what form. we miss because there's it's so rich and it's so dense. There we are so bound much. to miss so much, and you know we got we gotta we gotta pick it all apart. There's so many storylines, and I think it's even more complicated when you're going back and forth between each person's. Like it's enough that you've got like four main characters that you're trying to explain their stories, mm-hmm. let alone going back in the past, bringing it forward to the present, like. It's a lot. So it's a lot. If there's anything you find exceptionally interesting or you were like, oh, no, I 100% know what they purchased, let us know. Yeah. We want to dig deep into this. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. I'm totally into it. Are you into it? Are you liking this well, season? I mean, yeah. you like this first episode? I love it. I love I love all the themes and undertones and things. Like, I think that's what I get really excited about in shows when I see that there's, like, a clear overall image and it's all coming together and... Yeah, I think it's great. And I think the characters are going to be very interesting. It's always that weird thing of starting a season, though. Like, you're never quite in love with the characters no. until it really gets going. Absolutely. But I will say in the first season, 
those two characters together were very captivating. Absolutely. But it was a different kind of um, show in its own in that it was kind of this, like, buddy love. Yeah. Like, two-character-focused show about their relationship in addition to their individual characters, whereas I feel like this show, they're all separate characters at the start, Mm -hmm. and so you you don't have the same investment as you do when you already see a relationship that you want to be involved in. Well, very, very true. And now we end the episode, though, with them all coming together. So so Paul Woodrow, he's the one who discovers Bernie. (laughs) Casper, that was it was such a weird moment. <laughs> like he's driving ghost. so fast, almost looks like he may or may not kill himself. Then he's like, no, swerves into this Go stop it random sandy area Mother where effort. he like just happens upon this dead guy sitting at a picnic table. Like perhaps it was fated to be. It really, it really was because I was like, well, thank God, Paul Woodrow went riding in the middle of the night and swerved into the right corner not hitting any rocks or anything and stumbled upon a dead body. Well, but again, how would we have to be. the show if exactly had it had to happen? So Woodrow discovers the body. He calls nine one one. They are in Ventura County at my beach, Point Magoo, um, which brings uh, rings. Um, oh, oh God, Antigone and mm-hmm. her partner Elvis. I love the names on this oh, show, yes. by the way. Yeah, um, because they are Ventura County, uh, so they are the first on the scene to investigate, and then they have to call Colin Farrell's character mm-hmm. Velcoro because he was the one already investigating the disappearance of. Cat- Casper in Vinci. And he says, like, I'm from Vinci. And they're like, what's Vinci? And he's like, a city, supposedly. Supposedly. (laughs) Such a strange thing to say. But I guess that (laughs) it's pretty depraved, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it calls itself a city, but it's not really. Mm. Like, I call myself a man and a father, but am I really? (laughs) (laughs) Subtext. Getting deep. That's what I read from that one sentence. But it's true. It's absolutely true. <laughs> what did you think of that last moment um, of that sort of panning shot of each one of their faces? That sort of circular pan of like face to face to face. It reminded me of the game Clue. Um, because it felt like they're all looking looking at each other like, yes, who murdered the guy? But also a little like, not just who in the world murdered him but like we all now have to work together I'm suspicious of everybody like the looks were just so intense that it really felt like an old school murder mystery like he you know Mr. Plum did it in the billiard room with the revolver like that's what that moment felt like to me Hmm. it was an interesting moment for me Mm -hmm. I felt like um I don't know. It it didn't necessarily fit to me that last that last moment that that panning shot of all three yeah. of them of so pensive in the dark on the beach. Um, it was really intense, right? Yeah, I mean it was absolutely intense. It just it, I don't know, there was a little bit of a disconnect for me in that sure. one shot for the final shot of the very first episode. And there were some beautiful shots. I have to do a little shout out yeah. to the director, Justin Lin. Um, God, it's got to be hard to fill the shoes of Carrie Fukunaga from season one who directed all the episodes and just yeah. killed it. And he and Nick Pizzolatto, I just feel like they were just had this beautiful marriage of vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that Justin Lin has the same. I don't know how many of the episodes he's directing. I don't know. I don't know. I have to look, look that up. That. Um, but I don't know. There was just a little disconnect in that one, in that in that last very powerful moment. Like this Did is the moment. This is to you, like yeah. And like, now all the characters must look at each other, so we know their stories are intertwined. Absolutely. 
It just, yeah, it was just a little, a little odd for me. Yeah. Not bad. Just, just, just odd, maybe. Odd, I suppose. Okay. But that's just me, guys. I accept that's just one your opinion. observation. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for accepting yeah, that, Katie. That's okay. That is kind of you. Um, so, what do you want to do? You want to do a little predictions? Yeah. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. What's still going? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's so spooky. Right, you go for it. Um, okay. Predictions. <laughs> this is a... Oh, no. I was about to make a really weird prediction that is not grounded in get anything. Weird. I was about to get say... Get weird. Let's get weird. Ray and Annie are at some point going to get drunk or high together because they both have substance problems. All right. And I think you're right that Paul is a weird kind of like adventure fetishy kind of guy because he was in these... It sounds like he was like so black ops that... Maybe nothing excites him anymore because he's been through some shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so I think we're going to learn. We're going to, yeah, I want to see him. I want to see more of Paul. That's what I want to <laughs> see. Of course you do. Well, okay, not just because it's Taylor Kitsch, but because they've created a really fascinating character and they didn't they did. give me enough information. And I'm like, who is this creeper? Absolutely. Oh, you you know? I'm a creeper. Call your man a creeper. Well, I mean, the sexy shoe fits. <laughs> If that tiny towel fits. Um, I'm going to predict that um, that the, that Annie's dad, Elliot, I think his name was Elliot, knows more than he's letting on hmm. about the disappearance of Vera. And there's yeah. something maybe a little dark and sinister going on. Um, maybe, you know, there was that little plaque about monetary donations when he was speaking right over yeah. his shoulder. And I'm just wondering if they're sort of tied up in this whole thing with Casper somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's pretty off the wall but who knows um and I, yeah i agree i think paul's gonna we're gonna discover some weird kinky fetishes about paul Probably. and he's gonna take it to the edge yeah yeah um, i think they're gonna go to sonoma i think they're gonna go to norcal mm-hmm. absolutely do a little wine tasting oh, visit it's the vineyards so lovely up it there. really is yeah um and i also predict that um jordan the wife of frank Mm. It's just a badass. She's so cool, Kelly Riley. I yeah, love her so she's much. Great. We didn't touch on her at all, and I think that she's going to get her hands a little dirty in the name of her man. I think you're a hundred percent right. Yeah, let's not call it a hundred because nobody knows. Well, but I think you're a hundred. <laughs> well, right. thank you. So, Katie, um, that's yeah. our show. Where can we find you? Um, you can find me at Katie Wilbert on all things social media: Instagram, Twitter, my website. Yep. I like it. I'll find you. I'll yeah. be friends with you. Yeah. Because we just met. Um, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram with my name, Julia Carely. It's J-U-L-I-A-C-E-A-R-L-E-Y. Um, you can also find Joe Braswell, who wasn't with us today, at Joe K. Braswell, and uh, Joe Flippo at uh, Joe Flippo, uh, both on Twitter. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning thank in. True Detective is back with a freaking vengeance. I know. We're so excited to just dig into it with you guys. So. Yeah, absolutely. So please tweet us, uh, Instagram us, YouTube us, comment, all of the above, and we'll see you guys next week. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later.
The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.